Today's episode of the Hot 4 podcast is proudly sponsored by Brew Broker, the marketplace for the brewing industry. With over 500 traders already on board, Brew Broker will find you buyers for your spare capacity or the perfect brewery to create, contract or white label a beer. Join today for free at brewbroker.com. That's spelt B-R-E-W-B-R-O-K-E-R.com. Create a supplier profile to fill capacity or sign up as a buyer to start your tender with our easy to use platform. This is Nick Law and you're listening to the Hot Forward Podcast, getting you ahead in the brewing and beer business. Hotforward.beer is a podcast and website dedicated to the beer industry, supporting budding beer entrepreneurs by gaining insights from experienced brewers and folk within the craft beer industry. So grab a glass, pour yourself a beer, and let's get into this week's episode. Hello and welcome to the Hop Forward podcast. I've been sitting on this episode for a good few weeks, waiting for the right time to put it out and that moment has arrived. Uh, In May, I took a trip over the sunny strines into Manchester, home of some of the greatest bands to grace the earth, bands like Oasis, the Stone Roses, the Smiths, Joy Division and some of the UK's hottest new breweries, just Blackjack and Wonder Beyond and of course the one and only Cloudwater. Now, I could have easily smashed out some questions all about what makes them successful or how many grams per litre they use in their double IPAs and generally asked about their brewery, but I wanted to take a different approach. And one of the things I've noticed about director Paul Jones is that he's a huge advocate for mental health, well-being in the workplace and responsible drinking. We live in this day and age where it's really easy to throw rocks from a distance anonymously from behind a screen. Whereas when I was growing up, if you wanted to share your opinions and behave like a twat in public, you had to go down to the local pub and chances are someone would give you a thick ear for behaving like a knob. Not so much for the keyboard warriors of 21st century life. Uh, I think what Paul's got to say about mental health and social media is a real word in season for this generation. And some of the observations he makes are as equally insightful as they are challenging. And having met Paul... I can see how and why Cloudwater becomes so successful really quickly. Having someone like him at the helm and the great team that he's got surrounding him, I I found him to be quite inspiring and really thought-provoking. So I hope you get as much out of listening to this episode, which we recorded in their tap room, as I did recording it. If you're not subscribing yet to the Hot Four podcast and you're a new listener, please hit the subscribe button. Uh, leave us a little review. It's always nice to see we're helping people. And follow us on social media at Hot Four Beers uh, to keep up with everything that we're doing. So here's this week's episode talking all about mental health within the beer industry from Cloudwater's Paul Jones. Today on the podcast, I'm on location in Man- Manchester <laughs> at one of the UK's most treasured breweries, the one and only Cloudwater, and I'm joined by founder Paul Jones. Hey, how you doing? I'm all right. How are you? Yeah, pretty good. Good, good. So, mate, thanks for being on the, the show today. Pleasure. Um, I, I remember my first Cloudwater experience. Um, it was in a bottle shop in Sheffield and um, went in for some, some beers and the guy that was like, oh, have you heard of these guys? Um, Cloudwater, this is when you were in 330s. Oh, right. Like, right. Oh, no, no. And he's like, oh, mate, they're amazing. And um, I haven't looked back since. So, um, yeah, w- w- well done. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, are there any breweries over the last few years where you sort of felt like, oh, wow, do you know when you have that kind of first experience of a brewery? And 
to be honest with you, um, I don't go out of my way to um, like kind of have those first experiences. I right. mean, it, um, it's pretty obvious to say it, but working in uh, the beer industry, you're exposed to an excess of alcohol. Yeah. And I tend to wait these days until someone else um, kind of rushes up and says, "You've got to, you've got to try this." Mm. So uh, most of the time, I sit back and and, and let the the good stuff. Yeah. Um, come my way through recommendation. That said, of course, when I'm at festivals, I'm very curious, and that you know, festivals are great opportunities to get out and see what's see what's really hot, what's fresh, what's new, what's exciting. But when I when I'm at the pub or if I drink anything at home, you know, I want something reliable. Uh, so typically, uh, I've not been going out of my way. That said, um, gosh, uh, just to to, to Pull up an example of something that really took me by surprise. We went to a tiny little brewery in um, Vermont, uh, dr- drove up um, to Vermont after a festival in Brooklyn last year, yeah. and we stumbled across this tiny little brewery um, called Bent Hill. Uh, it was a recommendation from a friend of mine, uh, Rick, who lives in, in Vermont himself. Um, and so we went to this tiny little brewery, had uh, a lavender sour beer, had like a dill kind of pickle sour beer, and then some great IPAs. And that, that you know, the, the flavor combinations really, mm. uh, really blew me away. Uh, you know, domestically, um, I, not as many surprises because I kind of know people really, get to know people really quickly yeah. and hear a lot about people. So. Uh, not as many surprises locally, but of course, there's uh, you know we're, we're completely spoiled by excellent beer. Mm. That's uh, that's very much how I feel these days. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, Cloudwater is like it's a mere four years old, and you've already collaborated with some really big hitters in the world of craft beer, and you've been pioneers across the UK beer scene, and are rated uh, was it second best beer in the world. Uh, on Rate Beer, the Rate Beer Awards? Yeah, it was, yeah. Who, who were you second to? Uh, Hill Farmstead, and they've been, I think they've been top for, I don't know whether it's five or eight years, right. I forget, but a long time, and they're, and they're not going anywhere. I mean, they're absolutely phenomenal in my eyes. Mm. So, I mean, as they say, it's not bad, that. <laughs> it's not bad, no. You know, uh, obviously, uh, with Rate Beer, uh, being acquired by ZX ABI's venture yep. uh, arm, uh, you know, there's a lot of people in the industry that don't uh, that don't want to shine any light on that. Um, certainly, this year's top ten uh, changed an incredible amount. Mm. I think there was probably a little bit of um, a little bit of tweaking behind the scenes there as to like exactly how their algorithms are working. I'm not yep. trying to say there's anything like sinister going on, but um, but still, you know, when we when we gained those accolades, um, we definitely felt really good about it because yeah. that's consumers saying, "I'm having an excellent experience drinking your beer." Yeah, um, you know, it, it blew us away. It blew us away when we got in the um, top 100. It blew us away when we got fifth. It absolutely floored us when we got second. But you know, all of this means, um, of course, that you know, occasionally we can get it right. Mm. And so we keep trying to work out um, what right means, uh, short term and long term. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what what are some of the pressures that come with such accolades? Like, and and how do you negotiate those as a whole team? Um. I mean, I think you know, I felt like we were under a lot of pressure from even before we were up and running. Mm. Um, we did a. Um, 
we did something that I thought would be really fun for people, beer drinkers in Manchester. We, uh, we, did, we plotted a series of events. We did five or six launches around the country and we started off at Port Street. We hired a coach and we uh, drove two coach loads of people to the brewery uh, to give a tour. And uh, right at the beginning, uh, you know, arms went up. Where did your money come from? Uh, are you funded by a big brewery? You know, like deep suspicion, mm. uh, despite um, despite us, I thought at the time being pretty, you know, pretty sort of approachable. People in Manchester would knew us as drinkers or as professionals in our other roles and whatnot. Um, so yeah, we definitely felt a bit of pressure um, off the bat because of that. Manchester was a really, really hard city for us to break into and sell beer to. Yeah. Um, there were I felt like there were a lot of beer buyers that kept us at arm's length for the first year mm. um, and then when we started straying from you know the sort of beers that we made in our first six nine months you wouldn't recognize hardly as being cloud water beers today yeah um, when we when we first started um, evolving what our hoppy beers were um, you know we faced again uh, a, a lot more uh, criticism and opposition there were a lot of people in the industry who now make their living making hazy IPAs that initially stood up and <laughs> criticized us for doing that um, and you know when you're getting something off the ground and you do what I did which is put every single penny my wife and I had into this and then some um, you know, you obviously feel really precious about it. And when you know yourself what you're going for, you yeah. know that you're wanting to make something to end up making the city proud, to make good employment for people, uh, to do something to kind of, you know, show new directions that the industry can go in, whatever it is, whatever the, the sort of like range of, of goals is sort of moment by moment. When you know that there's something that is really kind of honest and, and, and um, uh, somewhat uh, I guess kind of pure about what, what it is that you're trying to do and people come at you with a lot of criticism um, it is hard like you know it was probably it still is the hardest thing um, about working in beer mm. uh, you know even though we're largely past a lot of that early criticism and we do find um, we do find some some nice things said about us, uh, you know, by a lot of our peers these days, which is which is cool because there was a lot of criticism in the early days. Um, you know, we, there are still people that pop up all the time, whether they're sort of influencers or writers or critics, um, and and I don't think people I don't think people realise um, how emotionally destructive yeah. it can be uh, to you know send out uh, send out baseless opinions uh, chip away at you know chip away at a sort of a whole team of people that you know have really just got their head down trying to do good things yep. um, I think it's kind of it's really easy to do that uh, these days especially because a lot of the ways that we communicate with each other digitally and you're not looking at the whites of someone's eyes and you're not seeing their emotional response mm. so it can kind of feel you know le uh, leveling criticism at somebody online can feel 
neutral, emotionally neutral. In fact, it, it often feels like a thrill. People people uh, seem to, to find it very intoxicating. It becomes a bit of a game, doesn't it? I think so. I think it becomes a Some form people. of entertainment. Mm. Um, but that entertainment starts with dehumanising uh, the person at the other end. Yeah. You know, somehow imagining that there isn't a human being that's taking something in that criticism personally. Um, and so definitely the the lowest points I've ever hit in this industry in this past four and a half years, uh, you know, have come through um, criticism that I just felt was deeply unfair yeah. uh, and uh, and baseless. Yeah. Uh, so you know, you you kind of have to roll with that these days. That's uh, that's how uh, that's a responsibility that I think pretty much every business has. Uh, you know, so. Uh, we're definitely getting better at it. Mm. Uh, now that I've stepped away, I mean, I, I did all the social media for three years. On Dude. top, you know, on, on top <laughs> yeah, of like, yeah. you know, on top of all, I did all of the customer-facing events too. So tap takeovers, meet the brewers, Q and A's, panels, you name it. I was there, collaborations. So you know, I took on a lot, an incredible amount, mm. really. And I think at times I felt like, um, yeah, I felt like, gosh, I don't know how I didn't get buried by it all. If Goodness. I'm honest with you. I mean, you talk a lot on social media about anxiety and mental health, which is the main reason I want to come to chat to you. Because sure. I, I, would, I would imagine some of our listeners are kind of tuning in, being like, "Just tell us how many grams per liter I need to put in my double IPA to make them taste like yours." But like, well, um, we do that. It's on the it, it, back well, of all of our cans. Well, well, <laughs> well they, there you go. I think people need to be more astute and take yeah. pay attention to what's <laughs> on the label. But like, um, I, I was really interested to talk to you about mental health because I think it's a real issue yeah. in, in wider society anyway. And yeah, I think it it's too. through social media, but particularly, like, as you say, in the beer industry. Like, how do you deal personally with some of those daily pressures of running a really renowned brewery like Cloudwater? Um, well, we place we already place. Um, I don't know whether pressure is the right word, but we place a lot of expectation uh, on our shoulders. But that, uh, you know, I think where it comes from for me, um, and how I try and, and and kind of harness the power of like expectation and ambition is, it's really simple, and I think it's quite sustainable. Um, so, right at the beginning of the brewery, we wrote out a list of goals, all sorts of different things. Mm. Um, some of my goals are, you know, get all the staff on a particular annual wage. So I'm shooting to make 30 grand our base salary. Right. If when I achieve that, I will then shoot for 35 and maybe even 40 after that. Like that's just a personal goal for me, yep. right? As a, as a business owner, I will feel incredible about getting everybody to that level. Um, because it's not about it's not about me sitting back and creaming off profits off everyone yeah. else's hard work. I mean, we've now got several members of staff buying houses, which I think is incredible. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you know, we wrote down all these goals, and and some of them were like collaborate with a particular brewery, or get invited to a certain festival, or or kind of feel like and be known as leading in this particular way. You know, they felt a bit pie in the sky. But as we started to tick some of those goals off, I'm like cool let's write a new set so rather than you know there is a sense of of um what we're shooting for always been always being a little bit out of reach of course like there's always something more that we're looking for um from what we're doing and and how we're working but um but we are getting making our way towards those goals bit by bit mm. uh you know and and they're, and, and they're kind of they may be dots on the horizon but then 
but but if we can see them and we can kind of plot then the steps that we think we need to take to get to them. Yeah. And that's crucial. So that sort of pressure um, and that sort of constant like um, resetting of our goals means that there's already there's already a lot that we're working on. If somebody external to the brewery, whether that's a trade customer or uh, one of our drinkers, if they reference any criticism that we've already made of our beer, um, that's a good thing, and mm. we take that we take that really seriously. If customers reference a criticism of our beer that none of us have picked up on, we we also then go go back and double check that they're not spotting something we haven't missed. Yeah. So for the most part, we're grateful to the sort of cr- criticisms of our beer that, that tend to come through but it is it's getting easier and easier to spot um where where folk may come with a sort of agenda yeah um and uh, i mean influencers don't you know anybody that's anybody that's sort of pinning their um pinning their career or um or hobby on being influential to um to people that you know also uh, can can work from that sort of point of view where they want to influence the producer too. Yeah. Uh, so, so it, there's a decision for for me to take about whether I'm going to allow somebody into my head. Um, you know, some 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 criticism that that comes through on a sort of daily or weekly basis. Um, you know, can feel it can feel painful, mm. but uh, it doesn't necessarily take that long to step back. And um, and kind of disassociate yourself from like the the objective that someone may have yeah. to to get in your head and slow you down. Mm. Like I, I need to, you know, we need, I need to serve my team here um, uh, and make sure that I'm in a good place as much as possible. Which means, you know, someone that that's maybe wanting to give me a bit of a ribbon online. Um, I can just choose to ignore that mm. um, because I know that 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 will slow down our progress overall. It'll it might sort of um, you know it might take my attention away from far more important things. Yeah. But like I say, if someone's pointing to something that we're already conscious of being a problem with a beer or or a concern with a beer um, or an issue, you know, and when I say problem, I mean we're always obviously trying to stay several steps ahead of consumer expectation. But sometimes people do point to things that. Uh, you know that that are an issue that we're concerned about, or something that we're trying to resolve and kind of progress in our beers. So in that sense, you know, we often we're often quite grateful. But uh, knowing when to keep things at an arm's length is is really good. Yeah. And that's certainly a skill that's that I'm still developing. Mm. <laughs> so what are some of the harder lessons you've you've had to learn, or disciplines you've had to put in place, not to let that get to you, or the other people's expectations get to you? I think the hardest thing um, is um, is when is when people try and paint you as being something that you're just fundamentally not. Yep. Um, Give me an example. Right. Um, I mean, it'll you know it'll happen all the time that someone will criticise a beer and they'll say, well, you know, Cloudwater have just stopped caring at this point. Um, that's just ridiculous, yeah, that's you know. Um, or someone will say, you know, I don't know whether, don't know whether Cloudwater, you know, really, um, I 
don't know, you know, don't know whether they're they're kind of focused in the same way that they were when they started, or I don't know what the sort of morals of the person uh, that's running Cloudwater is, or Cloudwater as a company, or you know, working with such and such a brewery must mean X, Y, Z about us. Uh, so you know, th- there are um, there are many times where you know we we've worked with uh, other breweries that that um, folk take issue with um, and uh, and then we get sort of um, I guess sort of tarred with the same brush yeah I don't think that's unreasonable um, but I think it can be a little bit short-sighted mm. uh, so uh, there are loads of ways that we're you know that we work um, some of which is is kind of really surface level and obvious and some of the some of the projects that we're working on um, are going to take quite a long time to deliver uh, and I think um, you know some of those projects about setting a, an example of how to be as a brewery and how to um, be with your community of local drinkers and how to be with like the national industry um, that's going to take a while to win um, some other folk in the industry over Yeah, you know but we don't shy away from um, getting ourselves involved with, you know, with people that we think have got a thing or two to learn from us. Yeah. How much do you feel social media and quote unquote beer Twitter plays into the hands of mental health? I mean, I heard someone say the other day um, that it's a little bit like death by croutons. You know, it's just kind of like these little things like being thrown at you slowly um, but surely over time. My friend Matthew Dick over at Boundary says it in the best way I've ever heard. It's death by paper cuts. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so. I think beer Twitter um, is is not a very nice place to be mm. um, for for a whole number of different reasons, uh, and I don't think it's just Twitter either. It's 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 social media um, as a whole because you're not seeing the emotion, you're not seeing the wholeness of the human being yeah. that you're speaking to. Whether that's drinker to drinker or drinker to business or business to drinker, whatever. Um, like it all, it all goes round, um, uh, and 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 certainly some of the, you know, some of the conversation can be um, reductive, um, and I think that's really problematic. If, um, you know, if if we're not careful, I worry that um, beer Twitter will cease being the sort of point of contact it was years ago for like new experiences and kind of cool things and it'll just be a kind of grim place that's left to mm. people that are maybe the angriest or loudest voices you know uh, I'm not I'm not thrilled about where um, where social media is as a whole yeah I mean you know like holistically I think you know where we're trying to do um, more now internally to think about you know how can we put um, more positivity out there how can we shape conversations so that they're more positive so I'll jump in on UK craft beer forum once in a while which which it seems like beer twitter absolutely hates Um, and I'll you know I'll jump in there with the intention of uh, trying to correct some misconceptions 
um, trying to steer conversations in an ever so slightly more positive way. But I mean, when I say I jump in, it's maybe once a month or, or twice a month, and I and I'm not there any of the rest of the time. So I completely believe people when they say uh, that there can be you know sort of problematic threads here and there, and and kind of you know not so not so good um, interactions. But the same thing uh, definitely happens a lot in beer Twitter, and I think you know. Um, I think we've all got to take we've all got to take um, a lot of personal responsibility for how we're affecting other human beings. Mm. Uh, I, I'm not. I'm really not convinced um, that a lot of the way that um, that social media is sort of conducted these days is 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 positive. Um, I mean, how often have you seen somebody say something like, you know, if you if you're not already shaking with rage about this, you're part of the problem. Um, like, fuck, I was already really down about something else, <laughs> yeah. you know, and and, it, and now and now there's something else I need to, you know. Well, that's it. It makes you feel like, oh, right, I'm a twat of a human being for not having just discovered this and not fully thought it through, you know. I think, you know, I think more more conversation face to face um is is really important in everybody's life mm. um i don't think beer twitter or social media or a facebook forum is at all a substitute for getting in front of a nice human being or a group of nice human beings or even just a room full of strangers um and building those human connections up, and you know, if, if there are issues that uh, need to be discussed, that I, I, I feel like the best place to do that is, is you know, is offline. Yeah. Face um, face. Because I feel like when things get troublesome, where you can see the emotional reaction, where you know, and you can change your tone, or you can um, change the the, the sort of uh, whole whole conversation uh, in response to. You know someone's um, emotional response. Yeah. Uh, so, you know how 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 we how we as a whole like you know manufacturers, brewers, uh, you know retailers, wholesalers, and consumers. You know how we raise um, issues in the industry um, uh, publicly uh, is something that I think will continue to evolve. It's really important to, mm. to to have public discussions, but like having them uh, actually having sort of you know dialogue um, is 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 difficult to do. Yeah. Uh, the 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 headlines the story these days, mm. um, and um, and I, and I think that that can curtail uh, the sort of depth of conversation that used to occur on beer Twitter years ago. I mean, you know, probably about. Eight nine years ago, I used to go to to beer Twitter for like where to go drink and what beers to go and try and you know there is still a little bit of that on there, but um, tends to tends to just be very issues focused mm. these days. Which you know again don't certainly don't shy away from trying to tackle issues, but um, yeah, I, I, I do worry about how that impacts everyone's mental health. Yeah. I think the irony with all this is that beer is the most sociable thing out there, you know, and like you, you can have a beer and, and talk about all kinds of things down the local or, in a, you know, in a place like this in this hat room. And yet, for some reason, we're just kind of like throwing rocks from a distance online. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think um, I think beer um, 
is toxic unless it's consumed in a social setting. Mm. Um, we all know that alcohol is um, uh, not good for our bodies on a number yep. of different levels. Um, but as a social lubricant, as, an, as a relaxation aid, uh, I believe it can become holistically positive when beer is consumed in a social setting. Um, and that social setting is one that promotes getting a weight, getting a sort of weight off your um, off your chest, a, a, you know, weight off your shoulders. Um, I think I think it's really important that beer spaces continue to offer that very needed mm. social space. Um, and and maybe that you know maybe that says something about um, you know the, the way that I feel that online. Um, beer spaces are a very poor substitute. Uh, no doubt, you know, I know a lot of people uh, that feel a lot of kinship um, with 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 others uh, uh, through social media, and I think it's I think it's a vital lifeline for yeah. a lot of people. Um, you know, for for a lot of folk, it, it it's about managing like what you're subjected to. So if there's someone that you know kind of drags you down. Um, Tune out that conversation. Tune out of what that person, you know, has to say. You don't have to, you know, expose yourself um, to um, to things that that bring you down. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so I think, like, I think looking at what I'm, fa- you know, it would be fascinating to to um, to bring more of what beer is offline into online experiences. But but ultimately, there just is no substitute for. Um, offline experiences, yes. like th- you know, that that's that's the foundation of of our beer culture, uh, and I think you know, focusing um, on offline experiences is uh, what we're doing as a brewery. Mm. Uh, you know, um, we're trying to focus more on on the spaces that we make for people to drink beer in, um, and the sort of events that we can be part of uh, to bring people together. And to you know, help foster uh, greater sort of closeness and more understanding. Um, I think uh, you know, I think there's still there's still a, a lot of, of very positive contributions a beer can make to um, wider society if we keep focusing on the very best of uh, sort of beer as a social lubricant, yeah. which is you know, face to face in a pub or a bar or someone's house. Definitely, I mean. Obviously, as you sort of touched upon there, excessive alcohol consumption can play a massive part to the detriment of mental health. I mean, what are some of the ways you think that brewers, beer riders, consumers and the like can stay on top of their consumption before it gets on top of them? You have to track it. Um, you know, if you're not willing to track it, um, uh, you, you might be a little bit worried about what you find when you do. So, yeah, I think, yeah, um, gosh, it was probably a year ago. Um, Coming up to a year ago, I tracked a, tracked a, what what was quite an average week, mm. um, uh, events and festivals and whatnot. Didn't get drunk the whole week, um, but when I saw how many units I'd consumed in that week, yeah, um, it was shocking. Well, this is like on an app, right? 
Yeah, so, well, I actually just built a spreadsheet, so right. it was a bit easier for me, because I was drinking some measures um, right, okay. in America, you know, a couple of cans here over that month, so, um, yeah, like, tracking tracking your intake, I think, is a really important step. Um, days off, obviously, are, are, are really important, too, uh, but more than just days off, like, just take a break completely once in a while, Um and that, that's something that I think is really important. Apart from that, like, um, it's also really crucial to make sure that, uh, well, at least I think it's really crucial to make sure that um, any fun that you're having consuming alcohol and hanging out with friends and being social isn't impacting your ability to keep up um, other sort of hobbies and interests that you have mm. so one way that I measure that personally um, is if I go out drinking and that causes me to not want to cycle my bike into work yeah. or that causes me to not want to work out um, I've ever done it because I like cycling into work and I like lifting weights um, and so yeah it, it, for me it's that sort of positive motivation um, that works best um, like I, I, you know, I find it really rewarding uh, to uh, to cycle and lift weights and, and and keep a rhythm of that sort of physical activity. Um, and so, just reaffirming that um, really helps. And the last thing, I'm, the last uh, sort of tip about like moderating your consumption is decide what you're going to do before you go out. Yeah, like make a limit. If that's a time limit, if that's a number of drinks limit, like set that and and um, and see how easy it is for you to keep to it. You know where 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 did you go wrong if you woke up the wake up the next day and and you're not feeling so fresh or you're absolutely hanging. Um, you know if you intended to go out and just have a couple of drinks, what is it that kind of tipped you over the edge? What are your kind of weak points? Is it that you consume no water and get really dehydrated and then that causes you to keep drinking beer? Is it that you you know, get carried away and you have this kind of fear of missing out if you don't hang around and see the whole night out? Um, you know, know yourself and know what your sort of weaknesses are um, that maybe don't make it um, as easy as it could be for you to actually switch off and keep to keep keep to your own sort of promises, if you like. Yeah, um, I think all that all those things uh, help me a lot, um, and they seem to be pretty effective for other people too. Mm. You know, hold a bottle of water in your hand so that you keep, yeah, you know, yeah. or a glass of water, I should say. You know, um, so you know if you want to keep chugging on something, like it's something. Mm. pretty neutral <laughs> so ju- just sort of change your tack slightly um, I mean talk to us about friends family and beer so I mean I, w- I woke up on Saturday morning and I saw Twitter was going berserk yeah. um, I mean obviously obviously people can go on on your website and, and read exactly what happened so it, I mean we, we don't need to kind of cover that here but what, what are the, some of the biggest lessons you learned from that experience personally good and bad as, particularly as far as like mental health is concerned because I would imagine in in that scenario that's like unprecedented stress, right? Yeah, so the, the biggest thing um, that I was worried about was not, um, I wasn't worried about not finding a way forward. I've, I felt oddly, sort of weirdly confident that there'd be a way of resolving mm-hmm. um, 
Saturday and making something work for those 1,700 people that were due into Manchester that day. The biggest thing that I was worried about personally was another internet pylon. Yeah. Um, I've uh, been subjected to a few of those and some of them have definitely brought me to my lowest low, uh, made me really got into my head and made me question, you know, am I a good enough human being? And took me to some really, really low, dark places that I'd never been to before. Mm. Um, so I was terrified of um, of it being taken, uh, uh, you know, as, as kind of um, fuel to sort of run with and, 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 and just get, you know, get that kind of pylon energy going. I mean, certainly, um, certainly, I said it in the blog post, if it wasn't for the positive response, um, Connor and I would have just absolutely been drowning in yeah. um, in negativity uh, and we wouldn't, we, I don't think we would have found a solution. Mm. So it, it, you know, it, I completely meant what I said in that blog post where, you know, that, that positive energy was exactly what enabled us to find a solution. Yeah. Because we felt, um, we felt a lot of love. And I think without that, uh, you know, we obviously were kicking ourselves in, in, all, in all sorts of different ways. I mean, you know, Connor was in the depths of despair. I strangely didn't really have um, much of an emotional response until the whole thing was resolved. Yeah. I, I, I don't know whether this is something that will happen to me again. Uh, I don't know whether this is how I am when there's something um, kind of catastrophic to deal with like that. Um, but I knew that I had to keep a level head. Otherwise, um, I, I wasn't sure, you know, that the team around me would keep a level head. Um, so, yeah, I really just put, got my head down. I kept kept reaffirming, you know, there's, there's more options for us to explore. There's more avenues that we haven't um, explored yet. There are people that are reaching out to try and help us. There are, there's loads of positive energy. There was another round of phone calls expected from the mayor and, 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 and various other people at the council. Um, so I just kept sort of staying in, um, stayed in that sort of place of not knowing how it was going to work out, but but just feeling that positivity and staying there rather than staying in a negative uh, space that was mysterious. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you know, really harnessing, yes, we don't know how it's going to resolve, but there's a lot of goodwill, there's a lot of positive energy. Let's harness that and feel it and, and stay in that space rather than, like, crushing ourselves. Yep. And thankfully, um, you know, the, the, the sort of few efforts to, um, to try and drag us down... Um, were like absolutely minimal. Uh, they were ineffective, um, you know, because we just paid we paid attention to the ninety nine percent of people that were that really got behind us and wished us the best and tried everything that they could to get people involved um, to help pull it off. Yeah. Um, yeah. When we finally when we finally got the go ahead um, to open back up in Upper Campfield, the team at the site. I mean, Connor and I were sat pretty much where we are now in our, in our tap room. Um, the rest of the team were at, at, on site. They'd broken everything down, loaded it all up into a fleet of vans. And an hour later, it was set back up again. It had taken us like two days to yeah. set up in there. It was only at that point um, 
we you know we we opened the tap room um, and uh, and I stood at the bar and had a good cry <laughs> <laughs> uh, because I I'd, I'd obviously been feeling a lot. I mean, like I said, I was utterly terrified that on top of having to try and resolve that complete mess and completely unexpected um, potential car crash, I was then going to have to deal with an intense amount of criticism from beer Twitter. Thank you know, so so I think that that kind of that that um, fear um, was really sort of put on the back burner, and, and, and again, like all that emotional energy just came flooding out. Um, Did you find sort of in the, the days and weeks after that your body sort of responded? Because I, I found when I've been under immense amounts of stress, whether it's just a, 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 you know in one concentrated dose or maybe a, a season actually my, my body responds after my head's kind of in you responding at the time but afterwards my, my body kind of goes into meltdown stomach cramps through stress and all the rest of it did, did anything like that happen for you or no just um I, but i was very conscious that i didn't smile for 24 hours and i'm a pretty smiley person right i tend to laugh and smile a lot um and i was just enough you know, I, I was pretty conscious of being like quite emotionally muted or neutral i guess for that time yeah you know, again i've had uh, i've had experiences um you know, of, of, of being um, caught up in, in sort of uh, difficult, um, you know, difficult sort of pylons and criticisms leveled at us um, where it felt like, you know, the, the, the it felt like um, there was going to be no end mm. um, to, uh, no end to the sort of criticism leveled against me or against us. Um, and yeah, it does. It has a very immediate physical effect for me. Yeah. Um, you know, I get I get palpitations. My chest gets really tight. Um, I feel fucking dreadful. I can't sleep, and all of these physical effects of that stress and anxiety and fear um, that make it really hard to resolve mm. the, the problem in front of you, which is um, which is it's, you know it's really it, it compounds it compounds problems. Yeah. You know that kind of physical response on top of the mental response you just feel you know you can't see a way out yeah absolutely. Um, so yeah thankfully again you know th- thanks to the to the goodwill and and and, and kind-natured response of almost everybody uh, that day uh, you know we we harnessed all of that positive energy and, and kind of you know I guess that's that undoubtedly is what um, helped me and, and I think very much helped Connor and the rest of us uh, you know keep our head above the water mm. um, you know but yeah like I've had I've had lots of over the years I've had um, anxieties dwelled in in almost every different part of my body um, you know it's it's caused like erratic heart rhythms and palpitations it's caused shortness of breath it's caused sort of weird sensations in a limb it's caused definitely and it still does uh, play a part in like how my digestive system works mm. you know if I if I do get very stressed like um, I get do get stomach cramps I get um, you know all sorts of physical symptoms so like kind of knowing knowing and spotting that um, allows you to to be conscious sometimes you're conscious of the physical effects of anxiety and stress before you're conscious of really being stressed yep. and you're like oh I kind of, I've got that tense feeling that I usually have when I'm really stressed and then you're like oh I'm really stressed yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> so you know, I've I've um, I've had a, I've now you know had uh, experiences with um, anxiety uh, and the kind of stress, like stress from being anxious, I guess, for the twenty years. Mm-hmm. So I kind of know I know pretty well what to look for, and, I, and then I you know have some have some moves to kind of counter that or be at peace with it. Yeah. Um, um, obviously, we talked a lot about criticism from mostly from consumers, but um, I kind of want to turn it a little bit to the industry because I mean, in October last year, you announced that Cloudwater were making a return to cask, much to the delight of many, many, many beer drinkers. Um, however, I, I, it seemed to put some cask producing breweries' backs up. Um, whether it's because of stuff they read on Twitter from be- beer geeks hailing it as the resurrection of cask beer, or you know, just. Um, whatever they perceived as the tone of, of Cloudwater sort of pre- presenting that um, return to cask. I mean, like, how, what's, what's your take on all that? Like, how did you get much flack for it personally from other breweries? And how, how do you handle criticism when it comes at you from within the industry and even, even people that you're friends with? Uh, it, do, it doesn't actually come from people that we're friends with. Well, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, like, uh, there are... There are uh, we, we kind of know where it's going to come from. Yep. Uh, so it's the same, the same uh, people, whether that's influencers, consumers, um, people that work in the industry, people that, that also brew beer. Mm. It tends to be the same set of people uh, that um, are first in line uh, to read something in the worst possible way, yep. uh, presume the worst of us. Um, of course, I feel sad about that, but it's not people that it's not people that have ever really met me, really met us yep. on a level, that, you know, kind of built up a, a view of us first, mm. um, and so it is quite easy to brush that off these days. I mean, like I said years ago, it was very very difficult because it felt like every little piece of criticism that we got could could like. It could kill the buzz around us. It could kill the, the good vibes. Uh, these days, um, yeah, like you know, I'm, I'm never, I'm never thrilled at all um, when anything like that kicks off because ultimately that means that other people in the industry, whether whether they're friends with us or not, you know, they're frustrated and hurting, and I'm not, I'm not happy with that. Um, you know, um, it it causes me grief because I, I don't want anybody to I don't want people to be assuming the worst um, it's not it's not um, it's not good for them or for us yeah it's not good for the industry as a whole mm. um, and I think we should move beyond that um, I think we should uh, I think if you know if anybody had concerns about what we're doing I mean there's a phone number and an email address uh, to reach out um, I, I think the way that some consumers and, uh, and maybe other people uh, like responded to us making that announcement, um, you know, there, there was a twist put on it that made it sound like we are gonna try and save cask beer or something ridiculous. I mean, of course we didn't say that, we, and it would be preposterous to say that. Mm. Um, but, you know, if you wanna read something um, in a positive light you can if you want to read it in a negative light and use a pretty kind of basic statement that we issued um, as uh, you know as something to kind of beat us with um, that definitely says a lot more about 
like the character and the people behind that yeah. than us. I think um, it kind of comes full circle because I, I think it's easy to look at stuff on social media and like, like say, build, build a picture in your mind as to what your perception of a, a business or a brewer or a person is just by, you know, and you've got absolutely no idea because, I, I, you know, I, like I've had conversations with people where they've said, you know, oh, it's like everything cloud water you know cloud water can't do anything wrong everything they touch turns to gold what about us blah 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 blah. but it's like from everything you've just shared i mean you've been through your fair share of shit you know and and the struggles and stuff and um I, you know it's I, I think people online need to get a grip uh you know for maybe that's true yeah but i but i think um I think it's really easy when you're when you're getting feedback about uh, all manner of things uh, as a as a brewery as a company. I think it's really easy to amplify uh, that very small minority of people yep. that you know are going to come out um, swinging for you again because that's just what they seem to do. I don't, you know, understanding where that comes from is something that we do spend a little bit of time doing, like you know. What is it we actually did to upset such and such a person or such and such a company? Um, you know, for the for the most part, I think it's just a, a a wrong view that they hold about who we really are. You know, they kind of take um, they, t- they make an interpretation of who we are, and, and it's and it's not usually so positive. But you know, it's really easy when um, our our beers go out to tens of thousands of consumers. 90% of those consumers are offline enjoying beer having a wonderful time <laughs> yeah. so so the sort of weight of that positivity and enjoyment doesn't come back to you mm. maybe 9% or you know uh, you know 9.5 or 9.9% of the rest of consumers are on online having a good time with the beer um, and then there's this like absolutely tiny percentage of people um, you know, it's it's easy to overblow uh, and 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 give too much weight to um, to folk coming at you with criticism, even when you know it's unwarranted. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, crucially, like the the sort of personal growth opportunity, I guess, that kind of comes with people leveraging a lot of criticism against you, and you feel it's unwarranted, is you know. What buttons are they pushing in in you? Mm. You know, what insecurities are they are they provoking? Um, and so, where where I have got better uh, um, kind of brushing off um, some of those criticisms that I feel are deeply unwarranted um, is because I've you know I'm gradually believing um, in myself more. Yeah, you know. And I think that certainly in the beginning of running the company, there was just so much that I was intensely worried about that I didn't know whether we were going to be able to stand on our own two feet. I didn't know whether um, we were going to be able to um, make what we wanted to make happen in the industry. You know, like, can we make payroll this month? Can we make VAT in a couple of months? Can we afford our beer duty, et cetera, et cetera? Um, you know, there's a lot of pressures at that point in time on top of personal insecurities. Now, some of those pressures are alleviated slightly, mm. um, but chiefly, you know, I've been putting a lot of hard work in 
to my own personal growth to believing who I am and what I'm about. And that makes me um, far more sort of buoyant and far, um, I guess, far less vulnerable uh, to the sort of criticisms that I will probably just always come our way. Yeah. You know, we're not going to be friends with, ev- not, not everyone's going to like who we are. Not everyone's going to respond positively to what we do. Um, again, I, I'm not thrilled about that because um, that means that you know there's a, there's a human being out there or several human beings that are that are suffering themselves. Um, but you know we'll, we'll we'll keep we'll keep the faith. Um, we 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 work really hard to try and build bridges where we don't think bridges really exist. I keep coming back to the fact that. Um, you know, again, if, if people were if people were happy, they wouldn't be angry. Mm. Um, and so, like, to take that anger personally um, is not particularly productive. To look at, you know, to look at all of the sort of myriad causes that uh, that, that that people can feel for their like sort of suffering and disappointment. Um, that's really important. So I, you know, try my damnedest not to take personal grudges. Uh, on, yeah, you know, and 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 always work with a sense of um, there must be a way to win this person over. Yeah. There must be a way to get through to them that you know we're not this like e- evil collective that somehow they've labelled <laughs> us to be. You know, yeah, um, and that we do, and that we do want good for not just us as a company, but the industry as a whole. Yeah, brilliant. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It's been an absolute pleasure to be in that room and be chatting to you. I would imagine most of our listeners know about Cloudwater, but for, for anyone out there that's sort of picked upon this as like, who the hell is Cloudwater? <laughs> you know, um, how can they find out more about you? Uh, we're pretty active on social media, so we do uh, keep, uh, you know, keep our website and, and uh, Twitter feed and, and kind of Instagram and Facebook and whatnot up to date. Um, but I think if you really want to find out uh, more about us, come and visit uh, our tap room here in Manchester at Unit 9 Piccadilly Trading Estate um, or go to our tap room in London at 73 Enid Street and you'll meet a lovely bunch of people that really care about your experience and uh, really care about the beer that we work hard to make and hopefully uh, you know uh, your listeners out there will have a chance to come and meet me at an event uh, somewhere up and down the country mm. uh, this year uh, you know next year I'm going to do a lot more um a lot more domestic events than I've been able to make time for in this past 12 months. Uh, so there should be plenty of opportunities to come and say hello to me in, per- in person, which uh, which I really relish. Uh, you know, it's a very precious opportunity to meet people um, directly. So yeah, uh, you know, come and meet us face to face. Come and say hello at uh, uh, any number of the, the festivals that we're at. We're at you know Edinburgh Craft Beer Festival um, this weekend, and, and probably at, at, a, at a good festival near you at some point soon. Absolutely brilliant. Thank you. Pleasure. Cheers. Today's episode of the Hot Ford podcast was proudly sponsored by Brew Broker, the marketplace for the brewing industry. With over 500 traders already on board, Brew Broker will find you buyers for your spare capacity or the perfect brewery to create, contract, or white label a beer. Join today for free at brewbroker.com. That's spelled B R E W B R O K E R.com. Create a supplier profile to fill capacity or sign up as a buyer to start your tender with our easy-to-use platform. Thanks for tuning in to the Hot Four podcast this week. Don't forget we're here to help you get ahead in the brewing and beer business. 
So hit the subscribe button for more insights into the beer industry. Connect with us at hotforward.beer or through our social media channels at hotforwardbeers. Until next time, cheers. Hi,